verses 1 through 4. We'll jump right into the word this morning. We won't keep you long, but 1 Corinthians 4, 1 through 4. The Bible says this as we continue our series on principles of stewardship. It says, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ. Notice what Paul says. Notice these words he says, and stewards of the mysteries of God. He then goes on to say, moreover, it is required, he refers to himself and really all believers. He says, required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by by any human court. He reminds us, he says, you're not to judge me, I'm not to judge you. No, but notice what he says as we read on. He says, in fact, I don't even judge myself. He says, for I'm not aware of anything against myself. He says, there's nothing that I know of that I'm not stewarding properly. He says, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. We're going to continue our series this morning on principles of stewardship. Would you pray with me? Lord, I pray that you would bless your word this morning. Lord, I pray that you would bless... Also, the time as the children are meeting downstairs, as they're being taught your word, Lord, and they're learning Bible verses and singing songs, and as they are doing what we're doing here, Lord, um, taking time aside to, to glorify you and to worship you, but also to study your word. Lord, I pray that you would please move and work in our hearts and our lives, to know that there's been so much that you have entrusted to us. And that we are to be good stewards. We are to be managing well the things that you have blessed us with. Lord, I pray that, Lord, you give us wisdom and discernment. Because, as Paul said, that someday we will stand before you and we will give an account of how we have handled the things that you have blessed us with. So, Lord, bless our time together this morning. Bless your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to continue on this this series of principles of stewardship. And let me remind you that as Paul is teaching here, he says that we're all stewards. He called himself a steward. And, you know, what does that word mean? And as we kind of began to unpack this last week, another word we might use is the word manager. Manager. That... That God has entrusted to us things that we are to be managing. And we will begin to look at some of them, especially next week and the week after. What type things has God entrusted to us to manage? But this word steward, this word overseer, administrator. Some, in some cases it means to, to distribute, a distributor. But probably the best word for what we would know in our common language is someone who manages something. A manager. Paul says that, that we are manager, if you will, or stewards of the mysteries of God. And that, we're the, that we are stewards of his kingdom. And that's a whole other message in and of itself. But just in, in, in everyday just thought, it is this, is that God has blessed us with so much. And what we have to be reminded of is, as we study this is that This idea of stewardship oftentimes is thought of as only about money, only about dollars and cents. But you're going to see here in a moment, we're going to really kind of get into this in just a second. It's a whole lot more than just dollars and cents, than money. All through scripture, and that's why this has to be a series, is because we could spend weeks and weeks and weeks on this. Is because Jesus spoke a lot 
about stewardship. He gave a lot of stories and a lot of parables. And he taught a lot about being faithful with the things that God has blessed us with. If you were here last week, I just want to remind us of the number one principle. This is the overarching, most important truth when it comes to stewardship. And that principle is this. Number one, God owns everything. Can you say that with me? Ready? Number one, God owns everything. The first thing that we have to come to this this truth is, is that it's not mine. It's not yours. You know, we have this idea, it's my car, it's my house, it's my talent, it's my ability. Even so far as to say, it's my body, it's my choice. No, that is a lie from the enemy. It is not your body. The Bible makes it very clear that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. The Bible says that your body is not yours. It was bought with a price. First Corinthians 6 says this, is that it was purchased with the very blood of Jesus Christ. God created us. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, at the very beginning, that he created man and he created woman. And it says this, that he breathed into man the breath of life and he became a living soul. So understand this, that even your breath is not your breath. It is a gift from God. It is not yours. It is not mine. We think it's mine, it's, it's ours, and, 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 and I have control over this. Now, understand this, you do have the ability to manage and to control what God has entrusted to you. But understand this, there will be a day, and Paul makes it very clear that we will stand before the Lord, and we will give an account for how we used it. Amen? God owns everything. Lordship. He is Lord. Number two, the second principle that we're going to look at today, and that is this. One, we must remember that God owns everything. It is not mine, it is His. Here's the second principle. You ready? We must remember that things should never take preeminence. That stuff should not be preeminent in our lives things stuff i like the word stuff amen look what the bible says in second peter 3:10 the bible says this but the day of the lord will come like a thief and the, when the heavens will pass away with the roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth It says, and the works that are done in it will be exposed. The Bible says that the heavens and the earth, that they're going to be destroyed. The Bible says that there's going to be a time where where it will all pass away. That it will be no more. Look at Luke chapter 21, verse 33. Listen to what the Bible says. Heaven and earth will what? It's going to pass away. But my words will not pass away. Let me remind you of something that you cannot take anything with you. I haven't seen it yet, but have you ever seen a U-Haul, you know, following a hearse, you know? (laughs) Can't take it with you. Just ask all of those Egyptians who had those tombs. King Tut could not take anything 
with him. They thought that they were storing up these things to take with them. And now they sit somewhere in some museum. Correct? Right? You cannot take anything with you. Stuff and things should not be preeminent in our life. What do you mean by that? To be first. We often don't realize this, but we allow ourselves to sometimes hoard, to be greedy, to think that I got to have more and it's mine. You see, what is eternal? One thing that's eternal, the Bible says, is God's word is eternal. Isn't it interesting what Jesus said? Jesus said, heaven and earth is going to pass away. You know, can I just say this? All that you have is going to vanish. We know that we can't take it with us. We're seeing a little bit that what we can't take with us, most of the time our kids end up fighting over it, or our grandkids. And it's a really sad thing, isn't it? See, I love my kids so much that I don't, I'm not going to leave them anything, so that way they don't have anything to fight over. <laughs> right? Amen. Yeah. But we've seen this. You cannot take anything with you. But God's word, the Bible says, will, will stand the test of time in all eternity. That God's word is eternal. God's word is eternal. Look at Matthew chapter 6. Look at to the, listen to the words of Jesus in verses 19 and 20. Jesus says as he's preaching, as he's speaking, he says, Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. What's going to happen to it? He says what? What's going to happen? Where moth and rust are going to destroy it. And where thieves are going to break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor, nor rust rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal what where's our priorities the bible makes it clear jesus over and over and over again says don't make life about things and stuff and having more and accumulating more he says because listen you can't take it with you and what you do have people want to take from you right and what you do have is going to fall apart how many remember that very first car that you got? Now, probably that one person here that still has it, you know? <clears throat> There's always that one guy. It's this guy right here. See him? Wave your hand. Go ahead, brother. Wave your hand. It's this guy. <clears throat> but other than him, okay, <laughs> he has all those restored cars, a whole bunch of them, you know, cool cars. Like, what's one of the oldest ones you have? It's like, a, what is that? 1904. But let me ask you, do you have to try, does the rust still try to take it over? Yeah, it does. But most of us don't have that first car we have, other than that one guy. Thanks a lot. Ruined the illustration. We don't have, rust is, is going to destroy it and moths destroy it. You know, we have our, you know, sometimes we have our old suit or old jersey. I remember my dad <clears throat> having like suits from back in he says this is my old suit or this is you know when my father was in military he'd take out his military stuff and his his coat you know and his, you know his dress dress you know when you dress up and I remember putting that thing on and couldn't get it buttoned anymore you know can't fit into it but the moths are going to get in there and here's the thing we know this we can't take anything with us but yet many of the times we don't live this way 
And then the Bible goes so far as to say that everything that's left here on this earth, it's all going to pass away. That the earth is going to melt. That, that it's going to dissolve. It's all going to go away. And yet we live our lives as if we can take it with us. Jesus said, don't spend your life laying up treasures here on earth, he says, but rather do what? Lay up treasures in heaven. God's word is eternal. You know, we have to begin to think about some things. Sometimes we have to just simplify life. What is eternal? What are some things that are eternal? What are some things that should be preeminent in our life and most important in our life? Well, I can tell you this. The Bible says God's word is eternal. So the things that are said in the word is very important. Would you agree with that? And what God instructs us and God tells us? What's eternal? What else is eternal? What what else lasts through all eternity? Hmm. The favor of God would be good. Make sure you have that. Amen. You know why? Because your soul is eternal. God's word is eternal, but really, here on earth, what is eternal? I'll tell you what's eternal. Souls are eternal. You, the Bible says, you became a living soul. You are eternal beings. Amen? That is what's important. Souls are eternal. Your soul is eternal. It will live through all eternity. Let me remind you of something. This body, this body is not eternal. Your body is not eternal. But who you are, your soul, your being, who you are, will last for all eternity. Amen? What is eternal? This is why Jesus said, do not spend your time and your life consumed about the abundance of stuff and things because these things are, they're going to, they're going to burn up in the furnace, so to speak. They're going to be, they're going to dissolve. They're going to go away, but your soul will not go away. And here's the thing, understand this, that you will not go away and I will not go away and your relationships and those people that God has put in your life, those things are eternal. Look with me in Luke chapter 12, a teaching of Jesus, a parable of Jesus. In Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 21, it says this. Someone in the crowd said to him, they said to Jesus, teacher, here we are, people fighting over stuff. Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. So let me tell you what's happening. This man sees Jesus and says to Jesus, he's telling on his brother, tell him to divide the inheritance. He says, can you go back one more time? I would just see that again. He says, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. So how do you get the inheritance? What has to happen? He has to die. So here, the father's dead. The father dies. 
And immediately he says, well, here's Jesus, the master, the rabbi, this teacher. I'm going to get Jesus to make my brother give me a good portion of the inheritance. Okay? Man, people haven't changed a whole lot, have they? We think it's just now. You know, people nowadays, oh no, can I tell you, it's people all the time. It's human nature. Jesus said this. Jesus said to him, man... Who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? He's like, I don't want anything to do with this. Wise man, right? But he gets to the root of the problem and he said to them, he uses it as an opportunity to teach everyone, take care and be on guard against all covetousness or you know, to be greedy. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable. He's going to give them a story. And he said this, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store all my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. By the way, what do you see right here? What's standing out? Whose goods? My goods. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I, me, my, my, my crops, my grain, my goods. Man, this guy has no idea of of whose it really is. It's all about his attitude. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool. This night your, will you say the next word with me? Soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, he says, all these things you've had prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Before we go any farther in this series, and as I give in this second principle on this principle of not making things preeminent. Let me say this. One thing that is the most important thing that you should be stewarding and managing and that you ought to make sure that you are managing it well is your soul. It is amazing to me that we'll spend countless hours managing, if you will, retirement and managing the future and managing and and trying to steward, uh, you know, retirement and 401k and and all of these things yet can i tell you something what will that matter if you lose your own soul listen to words of jesus in mark chapter 8 verse 36 he says this for what he says what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to forfeit his own soul are we managing Our spiritual lives, are we managing our souls? Now listen, I'm not saying that, and we will talk about this. Yes, we should steward our lives. And yes, we should manage. And yes, we should plan for the future. But many people are planning for the future and planning for retirement. But they're not planning for eternity. Hey, wake up, church. There is going to be an eternity. And we should be planning and preparing and managing our souls well. Would you agree with that? We are eternal beings. Your soul 
will live forever. And Jesus teaches this over and over. And he tries to remind his followers that, listen, don't get caught up. He says, be on guard. Be on guard about being so consumed by things and possessions and wealth. And he says, that that doesn't make you something special. How much money you have and how much power you have. He says, no, 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 don't get caught up with that. Be on guard. Watch out because it can consume your life. He says, but rather lay up treasure in heaven. Rather be prepared for eternity. It's so important. How much time do we really give to spiritual matters in our lives? I commend you for being here today. I really do. I'm thankful that you're here because you did take some time aside. Amen? To manage and to say that this is important and I commend you. And I know that this, that God looks down and God sees it and God bless you. Amen? You're here because you are saying it is important. It is important, but I believe that many a times it's far more important than what we make it. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And some versions say, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul. Look with me in Corinthians chapter 1, verse 16 through 18. The Bible says this For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, or dominions, or rulers, or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Powerful words. First principle of stewardship, everything is his. It's all his, not mine. Amen? Whose is it? Whose is it? It's his. Whose time is it? It's his time. Whose talent is it? It's his talent. Whose treasures is it? It's his treasures. Whose who's temple, your body, whose is it? It's his. It's all his. It's not mine, it's his. But then he goes on to say this, and he is before all things. And in him all things hold together, or all things consist. He keeps everything together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything, notice this, that in everything he might be preeminent, that he ought to be preeminent, that he is first and he is foremost. So when we're going through and thinking of this, this, print, this idea of principles of stewardship, first of all, it's all his, it's not mine. Secondly, what must be preeminent? He must be preeminent. He must be first. Seek ye first. Look at this last verse for today. Matthew 6, 33. I love this. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So understand this. Things must not be preeminent. Who must be preeminent? He must be preeminent. 
He must be first. We must seek Him first. I'm not trying to be mean here, but you know, a lot of times to be a Christian in today's society is if we give God one Sunday a month, we're really doing quite a bit. You know, God's really blessed to have me around. It's true. Heaven forbid that one Sunday a month I throw a five in the offering plate. God, I'm really just... Oh, Pastor Joe, where's all the jokes? I want jokes. And I'm not even talking about just church or church setting or here. I'm talking about in our everyday lives. I'm talking about when we come to the reality that we are to manage well what God has blessed us with. And that the idea is this, that the truth is Jesus said, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. And that's a whole other thought. But how do you do that? How do you lay up treasures in heaven? How do we do that? I would propose to you that how we do that is this. Is that when we look at the story that Jesus gave about this man. He says that there was this rich man and he called him a fool. Because why? He said, first of all, it's my stuff. It's my things. And can I remind you of something? As Jesus gave this story, he said, beware of covetousness, beware of greed, beware of it. He says, be on guard against it. Don't let it consume you. Because here's what the story should have looked like. What the story should have looked like is this, is that there was this rich man who said this, wow, I have been so blessed. God has blessed me with so much that, 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 that I can't even contain it all. And instead of building bigger barns and more barns so that he can basically sit back and chill and relax. And the Bible says, eat, drink, and be merry. What should have he done with those blessings from God? He should have blessed others. That's laying up treasures in heaven. You see, what he should have done, being a good Jewish man, Jesus was speaking to people who were Jews. He was speaking to people who should have understood this, that it was God who blessed him. And so when Jesus gave the parable, the story should have looked like this is, wow, look what God has entrusted to me. Look what God has blessed me with. So therefore, I am not going to build bigger barns so I can store it up and hoard it. No, God has blessed me so that I can be a blessing to someone else. The gifts, the talents, the abilities, the things that you have that God has entrusted to you is so that you can be a blessing to someone else. And if somehow God has given you extra time, use that time wisely, not to sit in front of a television set and watch Netflix for 42 hours straight. Amen. Not to put in a catheter and drink Mountain Dew and sit behind a video game for 24 hours straight. Oh my gosh, true story, man. There's times, you know, being around college age kids, college kids, you go see them, being a pastor in Missouri, college ministry, all that. I would go and see them, especially over break and things. You would go and see them and it would be like a Thursday. You'd see them on Thursday. Hey guys, how's it going? You know, in their rooms, dorm rooms, a lot of times they would, you know, all kind of share housing. And so they're all in a place. You go in on a Thursday. And you'd see them where they'd say, hey, come over, come hang out. They'd be playing video games. I would come back on Saturday, same clothes, like same everything. Just a stack of pizza boxes and fast food. And man, I walk in, I'm like, oh, bro, take a shower. 
What have you been doing? We're, we're on level 84. No, you know, they were like on or online, you know. We're going to beat these guys. You know, they're online gaming. You know, can I say, uh, is it okay to do that once in a while? Yeah, I'm not. But, but man, that's consuming your life. You have time that you can invest in other people. Please do not miss this. Souls are eternal. Your soul is eternal. Where is your soul going after this life? That's an important question. What, where is it going? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you know that you, that you have a, a place in his kingdom? But beyond that, understand this. The way we lay up treasures in heaven is by investing in other souls. Would you agree with that? That the reason why God has given us talents and abilities and the things that we do is so that we invest in others. Because the only thing that's eternal here on earth outside of the word of God are souls. The person that's sitting next to you, the person across from you. May I say this? The person that waits on you when you walk into Denny's or wherever it is that you eat. That person has a soul. And we are called by God to be investing in souls. And the reason why God has entrusted us and given us abilities, talents, and you fill in the blank. Whatever it is that God's entrusted to you finances is not so that you can build a bigger barn and store it up because you cannot take it with you. It's so that you can invest it in something that's eternal. You know why I coach? Because it's an opportunity to invest in other people. You know, I want you to bring mail and food so you can invest in the next generation of young people. By the way, many young people Many young people in our own community who are attempting to take their own lives and take their own lives. Souls are eternal. Wow, God blessed me, gave me some extra finances. Before you go out and buy something you don't necessarily need, maybe God has blessed you with extra finances because there's someone around you or near you that God wants you to be a blessing to. Or maybe it's a ministry. Maybe it's Red Hills. Maybe it's Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Maybe it's Henry's Place, where Pastor Dan, all through the summer, reaches out to out-at-risk youth, kids from inner city that come up from Vegas And it might be the only opportunity to actually have someone who actually cares about them and loves them and investing in them. Y'all with me this morning? Amen? Amen. As we finish, understand this. Christ must be preeminent in our lives. We get so distracted with everyday life and consumed with just survival and everything that we're doing Can I remind you of this? The Bible says, seek him first and foremost. Amen. Make him preeminent. Start your day calling out to him and praying and talking to him. Start your day with him. Amen. Make him preeminent. Make Christ first 
and foremost in your life. And he makes his promise. Everything else will fall into place. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's stand and pray. Lord, we love you.